to go downtown. Downtown, hey! Downtown. You're about to go downtown. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and welcome to another week's episode of Downtown World Podcast, Don't Waste No Time With Negativity. Now, today, we, you all know I'm always blabbering about NFTs and Web3 and all this stuff, and I'm like, all right, okay, we get it. But today we have Bry- <laughs> Bryson Williams, okay, hood nerd, and like, I, I want to say art extraordinaire with us today in the building, and you really do your thing, and I'm really excited that you agreed to have this conversation with me today because... One, you're Black, so happy Black History Month, everybody. (laughs) And two, your work speaks for itself. It's definitely quality over quantity. I have so many things to ask you about it. And welcome, Bryson. (laughs) I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. This is super dope. Uh, Yeah, let's get into it. I'm excited to talk about art and everything around it. So I'll start off heavy, well, not so heavy, but a traditional question that we ask all of our guests um, here is, you know, as I said, the acronym is don't waste no time with negativity. And we've all faced things like that. But I'd love to know a time, Bryson, where it was definitely negative, no hands down. And you found a way not to waste any time with negativity. Oh, that's a good question. So a, a situation where negativity was ensuing. And Most definitely. I, and you I didn't. Despite um, how easy it would have been, but. Right. Um, well, you know, like we were talking before you started recording, yeah. <laughs> I, I was telling Kay, right? That's yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I was just telling Kay about how um, I quit my job uh, to become a full-time artist and the story behind that. And essentially the short of it is um, the work environment was toxic. The boss was kind of like the stereotypical, like weaselly, spineless, kind of really awkward, slightly racist. And it just makes other people uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um he would like talk over people and he was very you know you he would ask for feedback when you give feedback he'd get really offended and it's like oh whoa um and um the pay wasn't good I wasn't getting paid what I deserved I was a 10x performer getting paid 1x and um there was no opportunity for growth uh the company was super small so uh and then the people that I was working with said they hadn't even received a raise in the last year um and so no raises. I already had the highest position I could as lead creative, so I couldn't get promoted. Um, so, uh, and yeah, it was just a bad situation. I wasn't happy. Um, it was starting to take a toll on my personal life. I just wasn't, I wasn't fit. I was eating bad, all that kind of stuff. Cause I was just like, it was just whatever. Um, and so it, it just came to a point where funny enough on February 1st, the first day of Black History Month, I was on purpose, by the way, I put in my two weeks notice. That was a year ago. Uh, and today's the What's this? The third. February so, third, so two days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so two days ago, it was a year and two days ago that I finally quit, and um, it was the best decision I ever made in my life. I've been the least stressed I've ever been. Um, no high anxiety, no depression, none of that kind of stuff. It's just been almost blissful, honestly. That is amazing, and I know so many people at home either 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 they've made that transition or thinking about it, and just hearing you share that story probably just gave them you know some words or encouragement that we may all need to hear at times and I'm proud of you for that because I remember (laughs) when I wasn't at my job anymore and it felt like telling my family it was like you're crazy like how could you not work here especially coming from 
a Jamaican traditional background is like, you get a job, you stay at that job, yeah. you don't leave, like, yeah. you know? So that is huge. What are, what are maybe some of the hurdles that you, you're okay with sharing that you've faced since then, like initially when leaving your job and deciding to go full throttle in your art? Oh man, um, hurdles. You know, the biggest hurdle, honestly, and this is gonna sound kind of existential, but the biggest hurdle is yourself, yeah. like your own kind of thought process. Cause sure. there's really nothing like, this is gonna sound weird, but it's not really even hard being a, you, we've been lied to. I'll say that it's not hard to be a freelancer. It's not hard to go out on your own. Um, What's hard is leaving the stable nine to five. You got that check coming every two weeks. You know what's going to happen. You know what you got to do every morning. You know when you're going to get up. You know when work is over. It's that structure. Some people need that structure. Being freelance and being on your own isn't for everybody. Um, yeah. Some people need that. But um, I, I just realized I was one of those people who, like, I, I, I felt constrained under it. I didn't feel liberated under it. Um, so for me, it was really just getting over the mental barriers of, oh, you know, how am I ever going to make enough money off of art? There, you know, it's sad. It's oversaturated. It's there's not enough money in it. Oh, I don't have enough years of experience. Oh, this, oh, that I don't have time. Like all that crap. It's all crap. Like it's all BS. Just 1000 people. There's so many people out there that are willing to pay you good money for what you create or what you do or whatever you, service you provide. It's just a matter of either figuring out where they're at and finding them and then creating what it is they need and saying, yo, I got this, or mm -hmm. putting yourself out there so that they can find you and be like, yo, you got what I need. Um, it's, I mean, really the only hurdles would be like kind of the, you know, the logistical stuff, the admin of it, like, oh, you know, you got to make sure you take, keep track of your clients and documentation. And, you know, you get a lawyer if you need one for certain projects, mm -hmm. you're be signing NDAs, you're going to be signing artist release statements and stuff. There's gonna be copyright stuff involved. Um, definitely do your reading up on copyright because that can screw you badly as an artist. Uh, you don't wanna be the guy who made super, the guys who made Superman who died broke. You, you don't wanna be that person. Uh, you wanna be, you wanna be a, you wanna be a, what's his name? Ed Hardy, you wanna be a, a, a what's the girl who made the, uh, the colorful uh, children's books? Um, oh. Lisa Frank. Like you want to be that person. You want to get mad royalties off of the things. That 1,000%. You that should be the ultimate goal for any creative person. Somebody 1, reaches out to you and says, hey, we would love to put your work on X. And they're like, we'll pay you for the rest of your life as long as it's selling. Yeah. That's what you really want. 1,000. You know, so freedom to do whatever you really want to do. Nobody really wants to do what they're told to do and work for somebody and take orders. Like in your core of your being, you want to do what you want to do, but Look, we're in society. You got to pay bills. Exactly. You got to save money. You want to invest. You got to do all this stuff. And you need money to do that. So exactly. I think money, maybe that's the hurdle right there is money. Getting over like the intimidation of money. Because our mm. that's one artists, mm. creative people are so misinformed when it comes to money. Mm -hmm. So the advice that even our teachers gave us in art school, we were preparing. Totally for off. <laughs> horrible. Yeah. Like. And we can, I know you wanted to talk about pricing and all of that. That's something that I'm adamantly passionate about because I believe artists, you know, we were, we were talking about- Y'all like need getting, to be paid. You need to be getting paid for your services. Handsome. Straight up. Um, for sure, for sure. But yeah, we can definitely get into that. 
but yeah, as far as money, how to handle your money, how to price your work, horrible advice. Even the stuff you look up on Google is terrible. It's all terrible. It'll well, Bryson, here at Downtown World, we say eat fruit and mind your business. <laughs> and you, you are giving a lot of fruit right now, a lot of fruit, because especially for artists, you know, we're on the playground of social media where you're yeah. seeing people's art being posted, reposted. It's such a, it's a digital space where if you don't have all your ducks in a row, you can be taken advantage of, you know, it, yeah. it, it happens all the time. So work and started selling it on weed trays. Like they made all, they took like five, six of my artworks and like started selling them on their, they had, they sell like weed trays and like they geez. stole it, stole the videos and everything. I like the animations I made for the promotion and everything. Um, they're, they don't exist anymore, obviously. How did that, um, if you don't mind me asking, how did that pan out with what you can say about it? Uh, oh, I can, you know, it, it's a, it's water under the bridge now. I wasn't even upset about it. I was actually entertained because I was like, hey, they, they enjoyed my work enough. Yeah, like people are fucking with me. <laughs> I, I was really nice about it. I was like, hey, you know, these people, they're selling weed trays. Um, they're, they're super dope. Unfortunately, though, <laughs> they didn't ask me to put my artwork on it. Um, so I'm not, I can, obviously can't let this go unchecked. Their page is gone. My whole, my fan base straight, like, Got they him. cut all of that out like yeah. they, they don't exist anymore and also I put in like a proper like copyright infringement claim um which Instagram handled that so you know it wasn't any like petty stuff it was just like yo like you're handling your business just handling my business that's all protecting my assets 1000% if you could say um who or where do you feel like helped to give you the education as to how to protect your assets as an artist properly if you can share that for other artists or people that may be listening within the space and they're like, I don't know where to start. I don't yeah. know who to tell first that this person is taking my things, you know? Right. Yeah, definitely anything regarding copyright and law, just do up, do the research. Exactly. Do the research. You can't skip that. You need to understand the difference between open license, you know, all that kind of stuff. You need to know that. It's not that much to know. It's really pretty basic, but if you if you're not aware of it, like um, one thing that I wasn't privy to when I first started freelancing was uh, creating artwork for people to sell on merch. Like mm -hmm. you got to charge more for that because mm -hmm. you own the copyrights to that artwork. I don't care who the project's for, what you sign, unless you sign like an artist release, an art release statement saying that they own all the complete rights to it and your, your hands are free, you still own the rights to that work. And if you're not going to get royalties off of it, which more often than not, you're not, you should at least be charging a pretty penny for it. Exactly. Um, you can't be charging them $45, $25 commission prices you'd be charging. And they turn around, they put on a t-shirt and they make you know, $5,000 off of it, selling it as a t-shirt design. So be careful about that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, just do your research. As far as like just general, like understanding, like how to traverse life as a creative, um, a large part of it is figuring it out on your own. Uh, another part of it is I think mentors are very, helpful yes. I've had some fantastic mentors yes um my first mentor was like in seventh grade he like taught me how to draw and stuff oh. which uh that the childhood is a whole nother thing because childhood is very plays a very huge sacred yeah he basically is the reason why I can draw really fast he taught mm -hmm. me how to draw time constraint um it had to be it had to be iterative so I draw multiple editions of a thing which helped a lot when I started working with animation and those kind of studios um, and he also just taught me about like copyright, like, you know, you always want to 
keep a copy of your artwork for yourself. You want to, you know, always keep timestamps of when you made the artwork and proof mm-hmm. of Mm-hmm. Or man's copyright if you have to like mail a copy of it to yourself with the timestamp at least you have it so if someone sues you and say hey i made that first it's like uh actually i have the mail thing that says i got it you know february 3rd 2022 and you talking about some you know march 24th like gotta have your receipts yep you're a year you're a month late so there you go um also my guardian angel i always say carl settles he's the um He's the founder of this uh, nonprofit organization here in Austin called E4 Youth. I will shill for them till the day I die because they are one of the greatest. There needs to be a program like E4 Youth in every every city. Yeah. Um, they're basically uh, a program that provides uh, training, internship opportunities, and mentorship for uh, basically BIPOC, mostly Black people and women, um, Black people of color. And um, they've got connections with like Google here, the top ad agencies. They do uh, summer internships, semester internships. Uh, they train on how to do coding, VR, uh, uh, AR. You need uh, all that. Musicians, actors. Mm-hmm. They rec- they, it's all encompassing. If you're in acting, photography, videography, they've put people in all kinds of agencies all over the place. Um, they helped me get my job. I mean, it, it's, it's, and you get paid for it too. It's all paid. It's none of it's free. You get paid for it all. So it's like, oh my goodness. He, we he have to champion about, people like that. Yep. Yeah. He, he was the guy, one of my, you know, Carl, I can't say enough about him, but one significant thing that I got from him is when I got my first big project, I, it was uh, with the United Nations. Um, oh. Well, I'm actually, I just finished that project with them. It literally lasted a year. Um, and I told him, cause it was, it was like some big money. It was well to me. It was big money. It was. It was of course, it was, United it was, Nations. It was, Hell yeah! <laughs> it, was, uh, it was one, two, three, four, five figures. It was a five-figure salary thing for the project. And I said, "Yo, I five, five figures." And the first thing he said was like, "That's cool, but what about a hundred thousand dollar project? What about them two hundred fifty thousand dollar projects? The forty million dollar projects?" He was like, "I'm not saying don't be proud of what you got, but don't think that that's as big as you can go." Exactly. And in me, I understood immediately, like. I gotta think bigger. Like, even though I was ecstatic about it, gotta think bigger. And that mindset is what's carried me because when I told my friends I was quitting my job, for example, they're like, no, you you gotta stay at the job for at least a year. You know, you can't leave a job unless you've been there for a year because you know, you're being your resume and blah, blah, blah. Projecting their fears, projecting their fears. I'm going like, (laughs) and no, first of all, who said that you gotta be at a job for a year? Like that's BS. That's that's well that's, that's like, when you're planning to you know be in the corporate world your exactly whole exactly you didn't get that you know that watch and that handshake exactly but, you know that's not where I was going and I was like bro if you get a job and you, it's great and then a place you applied to that you would have rather have gone to says yo we're interested leave I don't care if you're straight. there for a day. I would straight. leave I'm going straight to the better opportunity why limit yourself because you want to you want to show that you're loyal to what you're loyal to lesser I learned that lesson um because early on I was telling you I used to work law firm years ago before I started there um a chiropractic office had hired me and I was there and like two not even two weeks into the job uh the law firm called me and I straight up told them I'm like yo if you had daughters you wouldn't tell them to stay here you tell them to go but for whatever reason not making it a racial thing, I feel like they also predict that a lot on Black people. So when we come into corporate spaces 
or spaces at all, knowing our value, it seems to still be quite a shocker to people. So it's very important, I feel, that we continue to speak to each other, have these conversations so that we can know this is how I can go into the room. I don't have to necessarily take what this person gives. I can aim higher for that six-figure project, even though I have the five-figure one. So you're definitely giving that fruit. So you did mention, sorry, Raisin. That's a, that's a big thing right there is like, you, and that's why I'm generally not a fan of like labor, like just like, I'm not a fan of jobs. Like yeah. the idea of an occupation. I don't mind, like, I'm not saying no one should work. Cause again, some people, they thrive in that, in that environment, that structure. But I don't think anyone should have to have a job. Like if you yeah. don't have a job you're worth nothing you have to be an employee somewhere right what (laughs) the problem I have with the job is you're putting yourself in the position of no power you have no power when you come into a job you have to dress a certain way you have to talk a certain way you have to speak a certain way you have to write your resume a certain way you have to answer questions a certain way you have to negotiate your salary a certain way you got to talk to your coworkers a certain way you have to sit in meetings a certain way it's like you have to so daunting yeah and if you're black you also got to be the impromptu damn uh, uh, diversity and inclusion hire because if you're the only black person in there, best believe you're going to be in charge, of di- job, in charge of diversity and inclusion, whether you're getting paid extra for it or not. Or not. So, and that's another thing black people should be wary of. Do not be pigeonholed into the being the diversity person exactly. who has to come up with like, you know, this year's Workplace black- activities. Yeah, this this the workplace activity, this month's black history social campaign. Yep. What is my ideas? No, like that, that's garbage. Like don't, don't be that. Get paid extra for it if you do. Um, you weren't hired for that. You were hired to be X. You were not hired exactly. to be a you know, person. Uh, so, and and yeah, so I just don't like not being in a power of, in the position of power. Even if you're just a freelancer, you still have a position of power because typically they came to you and they negotiate your pricing because you're a freelancer. You're, they're, they're not a, you're not an employee. You're cheaper whether they pay you $100,000 or not because, you know, let's say they parent, paying an employee 60000 a year that's and plus upkeep and keeping that employee happy and month quarterly checks and all that crap. Yeah. I'm off keeping up with their time off and their hours. You pay a freelancer. Why can't you get paid $30,000 for a six month exactly. project? Exactly. That's 50% of what they pay their regular employee. Exactly. For six months. So why not? But exactly. most people don't think about it like that. They think, oh, I got to have 10 years of experience in the industry with a proven track record of, you know, 10x performance of like you know top fortune 500 like you don't need that meanwhile their kid that doesn't know nothing wazes in and gets the corner office so <laughs> honestly six months in anything you'll figure it out exactly you, you do anything for six months you got you pretty much got it everything so, else is details i want to dial it back a bit with you and just get into your start for your love of art. I know you mentioned it earlier, but I really wanted to know where that stemmed from, from for you and where that started from. You know, I remember being in class and there was that little S that I learned how to draw and then I couldn't yeah. stop drawing it in all my notebooks. Yeah. You're way more advanced than me, but. Universally, I never even drew the S. Like I never even You never tried. did the S? Oh man. I've, oh, I've seen it everywhere, but I never tried like drawing it. I'm just like, why? Um, for I mean, people like me that can't draw, I felt accomplished. Okay, okay Bryson. <laughs> Were you like when a kid you loved drawing like the stick figures, like the little because that's all I could do. <laughs> <laughs> that was an era right there, the stick figure era. 
No, but um, <laughs> I mean, for me, it was just like typical kind of artist story. I started drawing this ever since I could hold a pencil. Um, I, my mom would, uh, my mom, I really have to give her credit because um, as a little kid, I would basically take those 70 page spiral notebooks and I would like, uh, I would draw a line in between halfway and I would put an illustration on the top and I would write a story at the bottom of it. And I would like write stories. I would like fill the book up with just different stories and usually be like adventure stories and stuff. Yeah. But I was like graphic novels basically. Legit. And my mom used to keep those things. I don't think she has them anymore, but Shout out um, to those are like my early sketchbooks. And um, when I was in seventh grade, I had a second big surge of creativity because I joined, again, I met my mentor, Mr. Malik, and I joined the art club and I just started, I would draw. So I would spend 10 hours drawing. Like on the weekend, I wouldn't do nothing but draw. And I created so much art, tons of it, and I threw it all in the trash. And then my mom fished it out. I threw it all in the trash, like I want to say in, my, in high school. My mom fished it all out of the trash, put it all in a trash bag and said, this is my art now. And so now she owns, she technically owns all that art. I have it in my possession. She sure said, this is. <laughs> I threw it in the trash, so she owns it now. Yeah. Um, but she was like, why would you throw, don't throw away any of your artwork. Yeah. And like, I, I took that as a lesson, like don't throw away any artwork. And so That's beautiful. She, I was lucky enough to have a mom that like valued my art. You know, she would put it on the fridge and that kind of crap. And, you know, then later on, she'll like throw it under the sink. She like, I have some, some clay stuff that I made for her that she yeah. like under her sink, but she just like, she keeps it though. She you does, know? yeah. And she does value me as an artist. And she, she did have that kind of like, oh, you sure you don't want to, you know, doctor, lawyer, astronaut, president, like that kind of thing. Yeah. But she's like, black person will try to get you on. You know, all the time, yeah. Are you sure you don't want to major in business or something? My uncles would give me that. I heard all of that from my family. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I started actually making money from my art and like getting to a point to where, cause I was still staying with my mom after I graduated. Mm -hmm. I was paying the bills. And yeah. so she was like, oh, I believe in it now. Cause you can pay bills now. That's so the point when they it. finally start believing. Yeah. Yeah. Once you start making some money. Okay. Now I believe in you. You got to make the money first. Right. Uh, but yeah. So, um, and now she's a big proponent of my, of my business, my business. She always asks how things are going and stuff. So, you know, with black, if you're black parents for all the people out there with parents that are hassling them, you got to make some money first, then they'll stop hassling you so much. So you got you got to get some. You got to have proof of concept with black folks, right? Oh my gosh, you can't just tell them stuff has been popping out here. They no, need I'm to see the I'm house, see the new car, see yeah. the. <laughs> you got to be signed before I accept that you're a rapper. Like you got to have a label going before I accept. Right. Pull up in a Ferrari, then I'll accept that you're a rapper. Until no, then. I really, I really do love that that your mother played such an intricate part because. When you think about so many people that are younger or, you know, the families that they were raised with, they would be like, what are you doing? Snatch that away or grow it away. So it's very important, like you said, for parents to not take away what they see their child like naturally invested in, but kind of yeah. like give it some attention and give it some love and see how that goes for your child, because they're not going to be. <laughs> the exact same person as you, you know, you have to respect that you're more of here as a guide to their experience here on life and not like their drill sergeant. I could not agree more. That's what my brother's doing with his daughters. Um, they want to be like their uncle. They want to be artists. And Beautiful. I'm, I'm like, you know what to do. Like you get them some sketchbooks, yeah. pencils, get that big old thing with all the different pencils and markers and yeah. pastels and stuff get them that stuff like get, let them download art at, like I have a niece she she edits she photoshops on her yeah. iPad. 
and she's like five. Like I'm a Literally. better editor than you, Uncle Bryson. It's like no, you're not. But <laughs> that's so dope to me. Like it is. I couldn't do that at, when I was. They're gonna be what running circles around me as creatives as they yep. keep it up. Yeah, I'm not even going to be able to touch them with a 10 foot pole <laughs> as creatives if they keep up doing what they're doing. Because what I did was I would go through phases where I'm like, oh, I'm done with art. I want to be a nurse. Oh, I'm done with art. I want to join the military. Oh, I'm done with art. I'm going to do this. And then it just kind of got to a point where I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. Like, this is my thing. This is the only thing I consistently come back to. I've done a lot of creative stuff. I'm into a lot of creative things. I, I on To your point about giving your your kids a creative outlet and letting them like, Mm-hmm. build on that mm-hmm. totally agree if you see they're into something push them further into it don't pull them out of it 1000 um, they're drawn to that um but yeah like it just got to a point where i'm like okay and and i actually sat down and told my family this at the dinner table uh i think it was at my uh one of my graduations and um uncles and aunts were all there and my uncle brought up that question like yo you know you i told him i was majoring in art yeah like he was like, you sure you don't want to minor in business or something? <laughs> he gave me that side eye. He was like, right. My family, I sat there and I said, look, if I'm going to do something for the rest of my life, it has it's to be something, something that I love. Facts. Left it at that. Yeah. And they respected it. And that's what I'm doing. And I don't regret it. I love, I truly do love that. And I'm happy that, you know, you had that supportive network around you you know whether they realize it or not because I definitely have learned to fuel negative into the energy I need to keep going for my craft so either way I'm getting it finding Mm -hmm. a way to juice it out and make it what I need to keep going I mean negativity positivity it's all the same thing it's just it's energy exactly exactly so I want to know um you had an interesting uh sentence kind of as to the type of art you do correct me if I'm wrong um for one of the projects you did where where it was like hip-hop and Christian mythology oh the love honey. the whole yeah, yeah. love like I love your art period but like so dope of course you know Thank you. virgin um the uh the virgin Keisha all those <laughs> like they're so um the pimp uh, Saint Diesel, all, oh Saint man they're all so fire like <laughs> like I love, yeah, I love project, like yeah. what's going on up there with you you know where did that inspiration come from being someone that grew up in the church and also like have stepped out of the church to be like all right y'all this don't mean I I don't love church no more I just like <laughs> angels in particular just like my art in general well we can start with start with angels. that theme and because you have like so many collections I don't really want right. to like graze over it and just be like your art right right <laughs> yes so um that's actually this is a good this is a good time to nfts yeah um, obviously uh, well, yeah people, it's an nft project um it's a collection of nine unique illustrations that are like you said themed with the hood and mythology yeah um i uh posted it on OpenSea um and it sold out uh the everyone who bought one they got you know a, a post of actual print of the artwork they got a sticker pack with all the art as a stickers they got nine stickers they got a t-shirt with the artwork that they bought um super dope and so I came up with the idea it actually stemmed from an original idea I had uh because you weren't you weren't around then but Hood Angels actually was something else it wasn't mm. Hood it was just like I think it was just like black angels or something. Mm. And um, it was just regular angels. 
um, but like black. And it was like more accurate to like Christian mythology. So it was like yeah. looking, you know, multi-eyed kind of weird stuff. But- No, I feel like you got it. You got what I feel like I was seeing at church. <laughs> and the traction wasn't there from the, from the set first two that I post. The first one did okay. And the second one didn't do so great at all. And I just sat there and I was like, okay, what's wrong with this? Like, I'm not feeling this. The people aren't feeling it. Something's got to give. And I was just mm -hmm. like, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to, because I'll tell you right now, I'm ignorant as hell with my art. I love, I, this is how I come up with ideas. I sit down, I'll just be thinking something. I might be smoking or something. And I'll just think of like the stupidest thing. And I'll be like, I have to draw it. I have to draw it right now. And I'll go get my iPad and I'll just draw it or I'll sketch it. Yeah. Those, those usually always blow up. And with Hood Angels, I was just like, or with the Angel Project, I was like, this just isn't fun. Like, it's not, I want it like, let's get more ignorant. Like, let's have more fun with it. So then I'm like, yeah. let's just mix the hood. Cause that, that's been my theme. Yeah. Let's, let's embrace it. And there's actually a story behind that, a very heartfelt story. I would love to, yeah. Ties into this in general, into the art in general. Mm -hmm. But I was like, let's just get more real. Let's just get more fun, more expressive, more playful. Posted the God's Goon, got over a thousand likes. I'm like, there we go. That's what the people want. They yeah. want something ignorant. And I went with it. It sold out. It did great. Um, and you know, black folks, you know, black, I feel like when you black, you just you're you gonna have some Christian in you. Like, yep. <laughs> somewhere like, along the line, right? You're in America, you're gonna have some Christian in you. Straight. So it's like you, you, you know, but I wanted to like make it black American, like yeah. uh, specifically. So that's how you got the God's goon and the virgin Keisha and um the Bebe's cherubs, kind of like a play on Bebe's cherubs. Everything, everything. Bad cherub angels playing with water games, so that kind of thing, so. But so yeah, what inspired I, you to put that specific collection to a non-fungible token? Um, oh, okay, so with the NFT thing, I had done a couple NFT projects already. Uh, I had done one for, do you know who Chantel is? You're Jamaican, Please so surfing. Um, she's a, uh, she's from Barbados. She's a singer-songwriter. She was- okay. uh, she got kind of popular while Rihanna got popular. And okay. Up. I'm um, a face person, so probably if I look at the face, I'll know, but it's not ringing a bell right now. But yeah. If you look her up, you'll 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 probably know who she is. I mean, um, she was her payday was kind of earlier, earlier, mm -hmm. kind of the early 2000s. Okay. So, but she's still active, and I did a uh, an album cover for her that she doubled as an NFT. And so she was like the first female RB artist to make an NFT okay. or something. She did like a little press, a little mini press. I feel like I had seen that. Yep. She did a little press release about it. Um, it auctioned off for $15,000. That was super dope. And so that was my first NFT. And then the second one was for uh, Ricky Williams, who's a um, all two-time All-American Heisman Trophy winner. He was a, he's a legend in UT football. He played in the NFL for a little bit. Um, him and Earl Campbell, another UT legend, collaborated to create an NFT project commemorating uh, the UT football stadium being renamed after them. Because um, I think in the as a result of like the whole George Floyd thing, UT kind of took a diversity inclusion initiative. Mm -hmm. They wanted to kind of acknowledge like the black players that made UT's football team what they are. Yeah. And so they're like, let's just rename the football stadium who I believe was named after, don't quote me on this, yeah. either some kind of racist something. Yeah. KKK, some, something that ain't good. Was not right, yeah. Let's change it to the Earl the Earl Williams Stadium, like Earl Campbell and Ricky Williams, two yeah. black men. They renamed the stadium, it's super dope. 
Um, and they made an NFT project and they wanted to hire, uh, they wanted one of the artists to create one of their NFTs to be a black artist from Austin. I was the only one they could find. Wow. Um, again, going back to that scarcity thing. And um, I did it and uh, that project went well. You know, now Ricky Williams is like huge in NFTs. He's like big in the NFT space. And so that, that's kind of what got my feet wet. I started to kind of dig in the space a little bit, see that there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah, not a lot there of is. We're taking advantage of it. Black people are starting to get into NFTs now, but at that time it was pretty much damn near non-existent. Um, there's still some black stuff that I want to do NFT related that hasn't been exploited at all that I won't mention here. Yeah, um, no problem. <laughs> I respect the privacy. <laughs> I got a little bit to myself. Um, but yeah, I was like, I'm gonna make an NFT collection for myself. Start off with something small, nine piece collection, sold out, did well. And Beautiful. I'm about to release another collection soon. So no, I definitely, um, I think I'm, I'm going to be purchasing. I want the one, um, my girl on the cloud and, uh, <laughs> yeah I was like it's just I have so many favorites I'm like I need to get my bag up for Bryson yeah well I can get it you, together <laughs> I can tell you this for sure um basically what I'm going to be doing is releasing a collection every month's collection um so each month because I'm posting every day so each month I'll take that collection put them up as NFTs for people to be able to purchase and then I'll also be able to get I haven't decided on what I want to do I think I want to have people to be able to get a poster of it like something like a how you want it mm-hmm mm-hmm so you have something tangible with it. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but um, I'm basically going to, so everything you saw from January to February, like all those kind of pieces that I posted, they're all going to get posted on the OpenSea for people to buy. And um, I have a bunch of other super dopes. I like crazy ideas that I just know are going to like break the internet. But they're literally such good ideas. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> can't even let anybody know about them because except for close people because they're so good and no one's done anything close to them already mm-hmm. I have plans I, I want to do a gallery with the NFT art I want to have like a merch sale with the gallery like an artwork gallery that people to go through As I you should. sculptures it's gonna be huge it's like well let us good- know what happens come down to Texas and like be a part of that experience I need to have a have a world tour go around Toronto go to East Coast most West, definitely hit California you know, travel with it. Who knows where we can go with it? The sky's the limit, but. Most definitely. NFTs are definitely, if you're black creative and you're, you know, you, you, you're like a visual artist, definitely look into it. it there's an opportunity yeah. in it and there's legitimate money in it. I mean, it's obviously not all about the money. Yeah. You're not going, you're going, you're going to hurt yourself trying to get in there for just the money. You're going to lose some money. Yeah. But um, if you're a creative person and you've got artwork that people love and you already have like a little bit of an audience, it ain't got to be a lot of people. If you've got a thousand followers that love your work, Make NFTs. I know I've seen people with a thousand followers sell fifty Ethereum worth of artwork. So do not. It doesn't think. matter. Yeah. Don't matter. It has nothing to do with. You could have a hundred. I know. Okay. For another example, and this goes into the pricing thing. I know someone bigger than me, younger artist, young black artist, like 18, 19 years old, like fifty thousand followers on Instagram. Huge. People love their art. Twenty about twenty five dollar commissions. Thirty five dollar commissions. I'm like. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Can you value yourself a bit more, please? I sent them a DM. I was like, charge more. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Do not sell yeah. yourself. But because they're young. They don't know. Oh, no, I, don't, I can't charge $100 for this. Like, they don't see it. The I'm just like, yeah. gotta they just got to learn. Because I, I went through that too. And but, that's why it's so important to have you and people like you in the space because you're in, you're in the middle where you're still learning but also mm-hmm. you're able to give advice to those still coming up. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it like, oh, I, and I see that a lot with young artists and, and like you have an audience to leverage something and you're not, you don't realize your value. You don't realize that you could Straight do something or, and their artists dope too. So it's just like, I don't know. Hey. <laughs> I, I love your passion that you speak about, you could tell that you're you're serious about this, you know? And it's refreshing. Um, a couple of years ago, I met an artist uh, here in Toronto, um, Andre Alexander, rest in peace. He- um, That sounds familiar. He, he was hip hop, um, hip hop art. Um, I definitely got a piece from him and we met, um, there's, he was an artist, black young black artist, and like all the time, even when I'm speaking to you, I'm just like, oh my gosh, Andre was still here. He would be like killing this, and he would do amazing pieces. I'll send you his page; they still have it, um, active, you know. But he would do amazing pieces, and it's just it's so important that how or let me ask you this: how important is it? Because I feel like you found a good balance in between getting yourself into the digital space right yeah. with art but still also maintaining that I guess tangible art aspect to it but now we're in a place where it is VR mm -hmm. and it is tangible art so right. yeah is that something and you're kind of like mindful of or like yes yes I'm a very I'm a big proponent of tangible I have a mm -hmm. book collection I have you know, all the art on my walls, art that I made, the frame, like, I, I gotta have, I like, I gotta see it. Mm -hmm. You know, the screen ain't enough. Like, it yeah. just, it just isn't enough. Like, Agreed. I'll say this, um, and, you know, like I said, with the, like, for example, with the Hood Angel thing, like, I, I had, you got a physical, you got a bunch of, you got a physical package, you got a t-shirt, poster, a sticker pack with the artwork. Yeah. Um, I'm a firm believer in that there should be something tangible connected to the things that you make because that's people never forget that like people artists underestimate how much a little piece of artwork on a wall can do like people really appreciate art because they're never gonna they're gonna see it every time they come in that room they're gonna look at it and the story's gonna come back like you're gonna come back to their mind yeah. behind how they bought it if it was yeah. an nft how they met the artist it's a whole the experience NFT, the whole experience and you'll never forget it but when it's just on the screen it can get deleted you can you can delete a page you can close a website you can it's gone forever you yeah. know and if you know the blockchain nfts yeah sure it's more permanent but like you're just looking at it on the screen you gotta exactly. open your laptop charge your ipad or have your phone to look at it like that's not it's not the same that's so me um, to this day i like to even i need my pen and i'm a yeah. girl, i'm a list -er. you can add <laughs> I'm a list person. I make lists. Shout out to all my uh, list people out there. <laughs> oh my God. I, I, I ain't even gonna get into that. <laughs> but yeah, I make a lot of lists. I got a lot of paper. I got sticky notes, notebooks, facts, pages, facts. pins, all tangible. Gotta have that stuff. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's big. That's you. You should never lose the tangibility as an artist. That's important. exactly. There's something about the hand eye coordination that comes with that that it, it, it keeps you sharp. It like does. if you. I noticed that when I started sketching on paper again, my creativity went through the roof because mm. I was like, it's just something about drawing directly on the iPad. It just, like, even with my paper, like filter that makes it feel like the uh, cover that makes it feel like paper, it's just not the same. same. You don't get that texture. You don't get that same feedback that you get from a 
pen on an actual piece of paper or in a sketchbook. And you get the, the look is different. Like all the work that I've been posting this year, the look is different from the stuff I've been doing because it comes from my sketchbook. It comes from mm. the more lively stuff. So it's more expressive. Um, and I've been enjoying the hell out of it because I sketch fast as hell. I can create 10 pages worth of artwork you know, in one sitting and have two weeks worth of posts. Um, but you know, if I just go to the iPad, you know, it's very tedious and yeah. you know, your unlimited retries, you can erase and retry as many times as you want. It's not. Um, yeah, it even, it got so bad to where when I would draw a paper, I would like double tap the piece of paper to like erase. Like, wow. I would literally tap the paper wow. to erase. I was like, yeah. Yeah, I had to get, had to get back on paper. Um, don't abandon I, digital. Digital is necessary. It's necessary. Yeah. Keep 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 your sketchbooks. Keep your pens and papers and your brushes and stuff. I'm curious to know, Bryson. Is there like an underlying beef between the artists that like only do it digital on their iPad versus like the artists that do it pen to paper or like you know straight directly to a canvas? Sorry. Um, or like the, I was gonna say the painters, the people yep, who still paint. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. There's definitely two different kinds of artists. You've got the artists who paint and make oil or acrylic paintings. That's a different kind of. Well, not even like that. Like, like we what you do, right? Like for example, um, I bought an art piece when I went to Philly, um, mm -hmm. like right a little bit before the pandemic started, before we even knew about it, right? And mm -hmm. someone jokingly was like to me, "That ain't real art." Cause they did it on the iPad, but I was like, I love this oh. piece, you know? So that's why I was kind of asking you, do you find that you're in the space? Is there like an underlying um, beef or like lack of respect with that or? I see what you're saying. No, yeah. no, okay. You're speaking in general, like traditional versus digital, like that yeah. whole debate. I don't really think there's a debate. I think the debate is art with art buyers, people who buy art. It's like, you know, like the people who hate NFTs, like hate on, oh, I'll just screenshot it. Or, you know, that stupid <laughs> thing. Yeah. I'll just screenshot it. Now I own it. Look, I have a board ape too. It's like, no, you don't get it. Yeah. And then you have people who like, my art teachers like, no, if it's not, if it's not on a canvas or a piece of paper or it's not print made, it it's not happen. real. Like, it, doesn't, yeah. it basically doesn't exist because it's just pixels on the screen, which is true, which is why I say there needs to be a tangible aspect to it but I don't really have that it's not a problem for me because again I I attract what I want to attract so I attract people who are into digital art um who also are willing to get it printed and they're fine yeah. with that like it doesn't have to be you know a canvas piece like an oil can that's a different thing yeah but what I find is a lot of uh painters that I know black painters they're like ah oh, god I wish I knew digital like Cause if you learn how to paint digitally, oh my, digital painters are really the ones that are winning. Mm. Those are the ones that are winning. Cause it's the same quality as a traditional painting, but you mm. did it faster and you can mass reproduce it. Mm. So it's the same level of work, probably even better. Cause you can zoom in and make it super yeah. specific and all that kind of stuff, make it super accurate. Um, you know, obviously there's still there, you will never replace a good old the oil can. There's yeah. still going to be people like, I want a painting on my wall. Um, but uh, it, it's, it's, it's kind of a non-issue, really. It's a non-issue. I think everybody should know a little bit of both. You should know some traditional, you should know print, you should know 
paper, you should know canvas if you're a painter, but you should mm -hmm. also know at least Photoshop or something to touch up your images if you're just a traditional person, or at least understand the obvious advantages of having a digital version of something that you can sell as prints. So, uh, and that, that, that all kind of goes into the pricing thing, which yeah. um, I don't know, I kind of want to talk about that. Like pricing- No, let's go into it. This is all that, about yeah. you today. So let's get into it. Let's get into the pricing. Because like, we were talking about, I don't know if we, you recorded- We've been hitting on it. So let's just go full, full dive in. Like, cause that's very okay, important. on how there's a huge misconception when it comes to pricing your work. And I think every method you look up on the internet is wrong. I think they're all wrong. I think there's really only one true foolproof way that works when it comes to pricing your work. And it goes like this, and this is how I did. And this is what I told my friend who recently quit her job to become a, a full-time painter. Think about it like this. Okay, well, let, let's set the stage first. Okay, you wanna, let's say, you, you don't have to be an artist. You could be just musician, photographer, videographer, actor, singer, dancer, whatever. You provide a service or something that people want. Um, DJ, you got, the first thing you're gonna do is, okay, I wanna know how to price it. So you Google how to price blank. And what you're going to get is a bunch of articles and blogs about um, pricing models and different formulas you can use for figuring out the optimal way for pricing your services. Hourly set prices, you can do a package, you can do, um, you know, you'll calculate your years of experience and how much you spend on materials each month and like, your, you know, upkeep and all that. And, and multiply it times whatever number. And I'm just like, that's so stupid. That's, that's, yeah. none of that shit matters when it comes to pricing your work. Here's the first question you should ask when it comes to pricing your work. What kind of lifestyle do you want to live? Mm -hmm. And what's your goal with the artwork or whatever it is that you're doing? So yeah. just using me as an example. The first thing I said was, okay, how much, what, how do I want to live? Like, what's my optimal living situation, my lifestyle? Because yeah. That's going to inform everything. You don't even need to go through all those hoops. You just start off there. So if you say, okay, for example, you know, I want to live a life that has, you know, whatever this and this, I want to be able to vacation on this and blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. Uh, you need $50,000 for it. Okay. $50,000 will cover your expenses and the things you want to do, travel, extracurricular, whatever kind of things you're into on the side, um, gym membership, all that kind of stuff. Okay. So now you know how much money you need then you take the 50,000 and you say, okay, here's what I do. I'm a DJ, I'm a painter, I'm a photographer. How do I make $50,000 a year? Okay, you break that down into your months and your, how much you would need to make per day. You can break it down into the hour if you want to. Yeah. I prefer to just keep it down to the month. I don't, want, I don't mm -hmm. like to break it down further than that because then it gets weird. Yeah. You just keep what you need to make per month. I think that's good enough. So oh, good, yeah. I don't know what that is. I think that's like 41,000 or something. Let's just say $4,000 a month. You need 4,000 a month. Boom, that answers your question. Now you can say, okay, I'm gonna, let's say you're, because the painting example is a really good one because painting, you, you, you got $10 paintings, you got $40 million paintings. So with her, I was like, okay, Let's say you need $4,000. Are you going to make four $1,000 paintings? Are you going to make eight $500 paintings? Maybe you may do a mix. You do a $1,000 painting, a couple $500 paintings, and a bunch of prints. You know, figure out what your model, what your personal model would be. Maybe you're really exactly. into like packaging and shipping and 
taking the stuff to the mailbox. So you want to get on Etsy. Maybe you're, you're more hands off like me and you want other people to handle it. So you work with, you partner with a company like TeePublic or Redbubble and you yeah. put it up and they sell it. Maybe you're like a, you're very particular and you're like a very, like, you want to keep it very exclusive and you make one big $4,000 painting a month and one person buys it. Maybe you sell prints of it, but only one person can own that mm-hmm. copy. You just got to sell one of them a month and you put all your time and effort into finding someone who's going to buy that painting. Mm-hmm. It just depends on the lifestyle you want to live. But once you figure out that, everything else falls into place. But if you just kind of figure out a pricing model, what always happens is you always end up charging way mm-hmm. less than what you should. Yeah. It's like, that's how people come up with that $25, $35, $45 crap with their services, the Fiverr thing. Yeah, it's like okay, my my monthly Adobe subscription is fifty dollars a month, and I spent you know uh, eight hundred on the iPad. So if I break that down, I you know I can make that back. And you know where I think that happened, Bryson. Yeah. Not to cut you, I think that happened because then people that aren't too familiar with the space don't really respect the space, or they're just inquiring right. about things. They come in and they're like, "Well, why are you charging me this?" and a person right. is not always brave enough to be like, because this is what I charge. Right. Some people are nervous yeah. to just say that instead of, so then they start doing, well, this will cost this and this costs that when it's like, nah, you came to me just like we were speaking earlier. You came yeah, to me. This is it's what I charge. Small. Yeah. It's thinking small. That's all it is. It's just like, you're, you're thinking too little. Like most people, they start off like, I just want to make a little money on the side. Like they don't start off with, I want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year as an artist. No one starts off with that. The, the few people I started off with that, most people, they start off with, I just want to make some money. I want to sell. I just want to make some money. Yeah. I just want someone. I want to be able to sell something that's not a friend or a family member that asked for it. Yeah. Like I want a client who is willing to come to me and give me their money for something that I created. That could be $5. Like you, like that's too small you're, you're not and that, that goes back to what you said you're not respect it's not respecting the space you don't respect yourself mm. like you don't respect what you provide like if you know what you're worth as soon as you get it what you what every artist needs is one nice big project they need what i got was a spotify someone who's congratulations on that as well just, they Dope. just for some reason Dope. they see they're like <laughs> you have the style we want and and I got to, and it's on my, on my Instagram, like I got to be the, the first like sequence of animation on like their Spotify rap campaign that got saw by millions of people. Yeah. And once you get a project like that, you never really go back to the whole like, oh, I'll do it for 25. You, you know, can. You never go back to that because you realize your true worth. And okay. even that to some people would be a low ball project. Oh, they should have paid you more. They should have paid you double for that. It's all relative, but you're 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 much better off leaning towards the more aspirational goals than the just kind of settling for oh if I can just make five hundred dollars a month I'll be happy with that, you know. And this is different for any everybody's situation. Obviously, if you live somewhere where that's good money, if you're in a third world country, for example, that's exactly. dope. Get yeah. that five hundred. If you live in New York, you should not be sitting here talking about I want to make five hundred dollars <laughs> off my art. What is yeah. wrong with you? Yeah. Do you and also in the same sentence say, I want to be a full-time artist. Exactly. Like, you're not in the mindset to be a full-time artist. You're in the mindset exactly. of being a part-time artist who does it for fun. But you don't have the mindset of, 
this is my livelihood. Exactly. I became a freelancer. I had to come to the realization that this isn't for fun anymore. This is my livelihood. So I take it, I don't take myself seriously, but I take what I do extremely seriously. And when it comes to pricing, and I've been victim of this too, like being real nice and kind of scared of like, oh, they, cause so many people say no, most people say no. Most people- They're just not the right ones. Yeah. It's a meme in the art space. Like when you tell the client your price and they ghost you, it's like, it's a part of the job, but yeah. they weren't for you. They yeah. were not the kind of person for your work. Cause somebody's gonna say yes. If one out of a yeah. hundred say yes, let's go back to that $4,000 painting. Okay, a hundred people said no, but one person said yes. Now you got $4,000. No, I definitely had to learn that lesson. Guess what? Guess what? They're going to talk to other people like, yo, you should get one of these person's paintings. Yeah. How it's easier. To get. See, people, for, they think that it's just the one. It's like the monthly grind. It's like the reset. You have to do the same thing over again to get the same small result. No, it snowballs. Mm-hmm. Like the more rapport you get, the more reputation you get, the more work you put out, the more, the easier it gets to make money, the easier it is to get clients. And it's not as hard to get, you know, the five thousand or the four thousand dollars. It might get to a point where it's like, oh, I sell so many four thousand dollar paintings. I need to start selling ten thousand dollar paintings. This is, they're they're selling too easily. Yeah. Like with my collection, it's sold out. I'm like, I need to charge more. I need to charge double. It's sold out yeah. too easily. There, there, some of those entities that you said that you want, you want some of them, they're on sale right now for like ten thousand yeah. dollars and stuff like that. Resale because people yeah. are like. They see the value. Yeah, I messed around, sold it for three hundred. He like, oh, ten thousand. Somebody gonna buy this. And funny enough, one of the people who bought the guy who bought the God's Goon, the big one, yeah, the the most popular one, his mentor hit him up and said, "Yo, I saw you got that God's Goon, and you think I almost bought it from you. I didn't know it was you. You really need to bring the price up on that thing." And it was ten thousand dollars. And I'm like, "Ooh, no, no, it was three thirty thousand dollars. He had it on sale for thirty thousand dollars. He's like, you need to up the price on that. I almost bought it off of you." Yes. I, I didn't know it was you. I almost bought it from you. When I found yes. out it was you, I, I'm like, no, yeah. your, your art definitely has, you know, because I won't lie. A lot of people, they want to NFT their shit. And it's just like, you're not ready. You don't have the audience. You don't have the base. Like it doesn't, it's not conducive to what you're doing. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Because I'm not trying to scare anyone away from their dreams, Brayson. I just, <laughs> I just like, you know, if you're Susu with a hundred followers and you're not posting anything, then you're like, I have an NFT. And then you're like, why isn't nobody like, just what are your thoughts on that? Why does, okay. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I was Susu with a hundred followers. Like why the person with a hundred thousand followers selling they are, but I can't sell no art. Like yeah. them better than me. My art is just as good as their, that ugly attitude is just, you got to have skin in the game. It takes yes. time. You just got to have skin. There's no, there's just certain things you can't get around. And that's just having time in the game. Like that's not to, don't mistake that with years of experience. Mm-hmm. That's bullshit. You could be cold as hell and be 18 years old. It don't matter how old you are. I, when I started working, when I became the lead creative of that tech company, I was 23 years old. Like I was 23. I just got out of college. Helped the company d- double their, quadruple their, social following doubled their user base for their company just from their marketing alone people were hitting them up left and right talking about we love your artwork we love the design we love this and that your website i had no prior experience you just have to be good at what you do that's really all it comes down to what i mean by your skin in the game is you need that compound interest to build up that's what i meant by it snowball like Mm -hmm. you can't snowball if you just like 
roll it and then like pick it up and like don't let it roll. <laughs> yeah. That's what yeah. people do. You're like, all right, I'm gonna roll my snowball. You yeah. let it go, like, and you run and you pick it up. Cause for, for whatever reason, it's like, no, just let it keep rolling. Keep yeah. doing it. Oh, but it's not big enough. You're not letting it roll. Straight let it up. grow. Like I've been at a deficit for the past three months as far as my following. I haven't been gaining any followers. It wasn't until I started really buckling down, like I'm going to post every day. Now I'm getting followers. Mm-hmm. Like I'm growing more than I'm losing. Like it used to be just kind of like. Because it's such short attention spans. Like, yeah. unfortunately, until you become a Drake or, you know, <laughs> something like that is true. You have yeah. to keep going. Like, uh, so um, let me let me brag on you a bit, Bryson. So I definitely went through as much of your art as I could that I could see virtually. And I'm definitely in love with your style. Um, it brought... Well, I was telling you the one, the one with the cloud and my girl and the thong, oh, the G string. Yeah, for some reason, I love G string. What? It was it was kind of like a thong. It's part of your oh, NFT collection. You're talking about the hoochie of Babylon. Yes. That's what... <laughs> yes. Yeah. The hoochie, but, I thought you were talking about Cloud Nine. That's because you're putting me on the spot because the you have a lot that I love. I love how you draw women. Um, but that's that's leading me to what I'm saying, right? So. I have to brag on you a bit. What it did for me, you know, I notice sometimes when you see certain art or you smell certain things, it dials you back in a nostalgic way, you know? And for you, for me, it was like bubble letters. It, your artwork kind of gave me that vibe. And I just remembered sitting in classroom or like doing like book reports. So it's funny that you were telling me that story earlier mm-hmm. when we were talking. And it was just like reminding of like when I attempted to do like bubble letters not block letters and it kind of has that vibe to it more specifically um there's something about the way you do eyes like Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's something you did on purpose but that Mm -hmm. is something that also like really drew me into you where it's like the eyes have an art of itself you don't just draw it on there it feels like it's like it's looking in a direction it's giving an expression it's is that something that you just selfishly for me, I'm asking, is that something for you that you like really paid attention to or it just comes out as you're creating? Let's get into style and inspiration. Yeah, let's, let's do it. <laughs> um, that's a fun kind of, okay, so I got to start off with the heartfelt story. Yes. Because um, it's, it's, the, it's the stage wrong. So pretty much when I left high school and I was going into college, I kind of had this, because I'm, I'm from the hood. I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. Like, Street, I'll, me too. <laughs> and, and, but uh, I got into this mode where I was very ashamed of where I came from. And I was very like, I, I did everything in my power to like not let people know that that's where I was from. Cause it's like, you know, you don't want people to know you grew up in section eight houses. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't, you, that's not glorious. And even when I got to college, even the other black people, they'd be like ghetto, like this kind of thing. Cause like, I mean, black people the first time that come from money and I've never, yeah. I didn't see so yeah. I was like, oh, what do you mean you have a four bedroom house with two, three cars? And I didn't come from that. I never even lived in a house. So, and, and also just like being embarrassed of like my family and that kind of thing. So, and changing the way I dress, I started dressing differently. And for years I suppressed pretty much all the stuff you see on my Instagram. I suppressed that. And it wasn't until my junior year of college when I was creating, um, have you been on my website? 
Yes, I've been on your everything. Did you not hear me, Bryson? Well, I, don't know, I, don't know if, I don't know if you like. No, I'm not one of those interviewers that like be lying and hoping that you don't like go through like. I'm just making sure you know what I'm talking about. The um the condor animation. Um, okay, that was part of um the collections page, like how you have the Spotify. Every it, was, it was my uh it was my first project for my senior thesis. Okay, and an animation about a, like a black vigilante character from the hood. And that was the first time I really just got a, like in college, I just like let it out. Like kind of, mm-hmm. I'm gonna just play into what I'm interested in. Be yourself. In. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, did it like it won awards. Like we I presented it to my class and everyone was just like, ah, ah, I've never seen like, can I get your number? I want to collab with you and all this stuff. This was in college. My teacher's like, we're going to put this in the, in the radio broadcast competition because my mind, my yeah. major was art, but my minor was uh, mass comm and, um, uh, Masscom, so journalism and broadcast yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Me- media, basically. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, well, I used to be in advertising and all that. But anyway, yes. Um, so it went really well. And I got an A in it in my senior thesis. So that was first semester. And then the second semester, I was like, okay, I'm going to do the Landshire Project, which is like the board game that I made. Yes. A lot of people don't know. Nobody. I want to get into it, but yes. They don't know about that. That project for a while up until I made Oracle of the Hood was like my magnum opus. Okay. I, and that project, like I was, I still have a copy of it at home now. Sometimes I love I the one with the gold. It's like the gold teak with the zipper or is it a gold oh, zipper? Oracle, Oracle yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get to Oracle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one. Um, and so it just, I, I, I slowly started to realize like, you know what, fuck that. I'm gonna just be proud of where I'm from. Like, this is dumb. And it was a mix of a bunch of things, like being tired of like just making stuff that other people want me to make. Mm-hmm. You know, my mentors at that point, I basically allowed myself to kind of be pushed wherever I was going. You should be an art director. Oh, I'm gonna do that. You should be a. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do that now. And it's like I never did what I wanted to do. That's quite um, noise. Yep. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna just be me. I'm gonna just make what I want to make. I'm a post the kind of art that I'm interested in, and. You know, people ask me all the time, like, who are your influences? Like, where did you get your style from? And like, how did you develop your style? And, you know, even the Spotify people, when they reached out, they were like, we love the way you do your eyes and your skin tones and like the way you just draw people. It's different. It's beautiful. Like, don't pin me down. And I love it. Everyone wants to like, like, um, just depending on that, like the time frame and like the kind of art I'm posting, I'll get different people saying like, oh, that reminds me of, um, like, for example, let's talk about Oracle of the Hood. Yeah, a lot of people when they were buying it, which is an Oracle deck that I made. Um, a lot of people when they were reaching out, like, "Oh, I love it! Like, it reminds me of um, I love how you reference these like different black like movies and stuff." I'm like, "What black movies?" I'm like, "What are you, what are you talking about?" They're like, "Oh, you weren't like referencing." I'm like, "No, I didn't look at anything. I was just you just straight from making the them." And maybe it was through osmosis, but I yeah. wasn't. I, I didn't like watch Boys in the Hood or Friday. I just I, I grew up with that, but I didn't like. But you like, have oh, seen those movies. You have, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, okay, okay. We're just checking. <laughs> like I said, I'm coaching sis, but like, people will be like, "Oh, your art reminds me of like I'm, what I'm getting a lot of is like Baby's Kids right now." And I'm yeah, just like, yeah. I love Baby's Kids. I probably haven't seen Baby's Kids in like ten forever. Years. Yeah, but it's like we have so little. We have to attach each other to something we know because we can't really think of much. It's mm. like as far as black media, you got Baby's Kids, the PJs. Proud family, family, Afro Samurai, Boondocks, Boondocks, That's, yeah. And then you got like 
And, and Fat Albert, people forget about Fat Albert. Yes, yes, yes. Well, another thing, that's funny because I kind of see my style more similar to Fat Albert than anything else that people I can, I definitely can see that, like how they draw the sweater, exactly. the edges of the sweater. Never, I could definitely see that, yeah. I've only seen the movie. Like, I've never watched the cartoon. It's Okay. Like, it, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't even on Boomerang, it's so old. But uh, I saw the Fat Albert movie and I really like that, But so I'm aware of it. But when I look at my style, I'm like, oh, wow, it's a lot. It's very similar to the Fat Albert style. Um, I did grow up wearing like the Fat Albert, like Fubu kind of. You know, yeah. I had that in the early 2000s. I wore that. Yeah. I had my favorite jumpsuit. I had like a jersey with the Fat Albert on. So maybe there's a lot of osmosis in me. But okay. mm-hmm. I just tell people that my influences just come from life. They just come from. Yeah. I, I completely, and this is another thing, I completely removed like the whole idea of trying to get a style. Like mm. that's a big thing with artists. It can be it's such a block. Like, trying to find their style. This could be anything, just trying to find yeah. their style and the way that they do it. And yeah. most people, when they start off, they, they're just copying their favorites. And that's what I did for years. I didn't, I really didn't get mature into my, I still feel like I'm maturing in my style, but I didn't really discover it until maybe like a year and a half ago, like uh, very recently. But when it happens, you know, cause you just bloom. It's like, I, I'm as creative as I was when I was a little kid now. That's but, amazing space that's to be in. I come up with this stuff. Um, I do have some rules. Like there's, you know, some some kind of ways that I go about things. Like everybody has their modus operandi. And for yeah. me, it's like, okay, my art's created in one of three main ways. Either a, a funny idea came up in my head while I was just sitting down BSing. And I'm just like, oh, that would be dope. And I like to draw it. <laughs> Um, I'd be sketching in my sketchbook and I would just look through and be like, that'd be, that'd be a good post. And I'll post that because the sketchbook is wild. It's like all kinds of crazy. It's some pages I can't even show. It's some crazy shit in there. Um, <laughs> it's nothing like, like X-rated, but it's just like. Like in super bad. <laughs> have you seen super bad? Yeah. I has it's been years. I used to have super bad on my, on my PSP, like the little super bad movie. On my I PSP. have a PSP. <laughs> oh my God. I used to have it on my little Darth Vader white PSP. Yes. Yes. What I'm talking about, but um, <laughs> it would be that, or I would literally just like, I would come up with a concept like for a series, and then that mm-hmm. would like the hood ain't, and then that would spur up a bunch of different ideas. But usually, my inspiration it just comes from life. Uh, I like to put an emphasis. Oh, some of the rules I, I don't draw like. I, I try to not do like celebrity or trendy art like timeless art reference art fan art that kind of thing i i I stray away from that Mm -hmm. i have nothing against it i follow people that do it and do it really well but i've just found that i want to tell my story and i want to tell i just want to make art that i want to make and so exactly celebrities no pop culture references nothing that's trendy because i don't want to age my art if i'm going to age my art i'm going to age it visually i'm not going to age it wise um that's why when i have you, you i'm sure you've seen the hood olympics one well when i created hood olympics people were like you gotta make one with like the the, the crate hey, challenge hey, hey, the crate yeah. challenge was big at the time yeah and i was like no crate challenge because if i do the crate challenge people are gonna literally a month later the whole series is aged yeah. it's like oh i remember the crate challenge now it's an old project yeah time only timeless stuff because you'll never know when it was made it could it could have been made 40 years ago it could be made 40 years from now. People will say that's still relevant. And so, um, yeah, no famous people, no pop culture references, because that's easy stuff. Very it's, smart. It's 
it's an easy way to get followers, you know, oh, that's, I, I could easily just be the person who just draws proud family art or that's why you know, I'm gonna draw number five from kids next door the hundredth time, or I'm gonna draw Nipsey Hussle or Tupac the millionth time, or like, I could easily get into that. But no, it's, it's very like, important what you're saying. It's very important what you're saying, because right. even myself with podcasting, that is something that I do have to be mindful of. I want these episodes to be something that people can listen to five, 10 years, however long from now. And it's not just dated, even though sometimes it is kind of infotainment, but it's timeless in the sense where you can still gain information from it, whatever space you are at in life. Yeah. It isn't, you're basically not making your art irrelevant. Like you're not putting an expert on your art. And so, um, and people love me for it. They're like, I, I really appreciate that you just draw normal black people. Like, yeah, the normal everyday people, like, I get it so many times. Like, I swear I know this person. I swear I've seen someone who looks it's like It's just that. the like, elements. Like, you find a way to bring it all together. Do you know these people? Where are you getting out? It's just natural. Like, it just comes from the head. It comes from life. You know, it, it, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. But I'm, I'm, I'm really adamant on not depending on inspiration, motivation. Like, I know that this is about motivation. But I will oh, say that no, yeah. when it comes to inspiration and motivation, that is a, that's a very useful source of energy. It's a unreliable and inconsistent source of energy. If you rely on people motivating you and inspiring you, you're going to get motivated. You're going to get inspired. You're going to go gung-ho and like, I'm going to do it too. And you're going to get burnt out after like five days. Because that's what I would do. Yeah. I would see, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do like just, like, just like them. And I get inspired and I draw like them for like a week and then I'm burned out. Yeah. And that's what you see. You see most people, they're like, oh, I'm just burnt out. I'm going through artist block. I don't believe artist block exists. I don't believe it exists. I think it's a ruse. I don't believe that there's an actual part of your brain that just like, I'm not creative anymore. I can't come up with anything. No, you you can't come up with anything because you probably depend too much on outside sources, social media, yeah. movies, references, yeah. what's trending, what's going on, what these people are talking about, what you know, what movie you just saw, what's what what's popular. But you never just sat and thought about like what's interesting about my life and what I'm interested in. To yeah. where I don't even need the dig. I don't need, like, if I, like I said, if I get the influence of the motivation, I act now because that's, yeah. I got it now and it's going to go away. But I don't care how I feel. I don't care what's going on. I'm drawing. I'm drawing. And it's like, but it's a full circle moment, Bryson. Yeah. You've yeah. been doing that from the beginning. So the fact that you can well, be within this space again. No, that's the thing I wasn't well, I was when we were I, speaking you had a you had your your book and you were drawing you oh, know right, right. your yeah, photos yeah. on top and your stories on the bottom like there's always kind of been something within you where that's where you yeah, drive yeah. the creativity was always there yeah that's what but um I guess just in terms of like passion in general like if you have a passion for something don't lean on anybody but yourself because your the, the fire in you is enough like you 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 like regular life is enough you don't yeah. my, my marketing teacher that's another kind of mentor I had this lady that named Dr. Fluker who was my um advertising professor and she she said one day she's like everybody has a story to tell it's all about how you choose to tell it and I that stuck with me and I'm like how mm. am I gonna tell my story mm. who are that's how I'm gonna yeah. tell. some people it's through music some people it's through podcasting some people it's through um a business like they're maybe they're a consultant or maybe they're a motivational speaker but yeah they're a writer you know I've totally forgot about writers yeah um, 
every there's a there all kinds of different ways to tell your story. Multiple. But if you tell it in a way that you're not really passionate about or that you know doesn't really like speak to you, you're gonna get burned out. You're gonna get art blocked. You're gonna get yeah. writer blocked. You know, it's it's no wonder that people only get writer's block when it comes to writing an essay or a book or something yeah. that's in regard to other people. Yeah. But when you're just journaling, Facts. It flows there's no artist block. Yeah. When you're just writing in your diary, there's no artist block. Sometimes the words aren't even <laughs> legible because you're just writing so hard. It just uh, comes out, exactly. I definitely, um, I know we're getting close to end, but I want to dive into your game, Oracle of the Hood, because fly as fuck. Oracle deck. Not, everybody, I know everybody, everybody gets that confused. Everybody thinks it's a game. It's just, it's just an Oracle deck. Okay. Um, but, uh, Sorry, maybe, I just titled that because that's how the website was set up. But please do correct me and clarify it for everyone. Sorry? Yeah, because that's the board game. Yes. So I want to talk about your game. And okay. I also want to talk, well, we did kind of talk about Oracle of the Hood, but you can dive into. I can dive into both. Okay. Yeah. Whichever you, you choose to. <laughs> well, since the, the, the card game was made, that was my senior exit thesis. So I'll go into that. Um, okay. So, uh, it was my senior exit project. Uh, I, you know, I wanted something tangible. That's a high note to go out on. <laughs> I was doing, I was doing digital art. Uh, I was getting into digital art more. Um, those pieces were drawn handmade, like with ink in my sketchbook. But then I colored them digitally. Um, and I and I'm big into board games. I love board games. I love card games. What's love, your favorite board game? Um, my favorite board game, Monopoly. Uh, mix up and blender <laughs> my favorite board game is monopoly my favorite card game is uno for the same reason um sure. because i think that uno and monopoly are perfect games i think and here's why they're perfect games uno is so perfect the only flaw of the game is what the people that play it yeah that's it's pretty so arguments perfect. It's so perfect. We have to mess it up by giving it house rules. We cannot play the game. We can't play uh, uh, Monopoly by the rules. We have to ruin it because it's too perfect. It's like a piece of, it's like a white sheet of paper. Yeah. You, um, you gotta fold it up. You gotta tear it up. You gotta draw something on it. That's how Uno is. It's like it's just pure. There's yeah. no air in it. There's no. <laughs> if you just read the rules, there's no room for interpretation. It's Facts. all there. But we have to mess it up to where. The game is so good that we will argue with Uno themselves on their their rules. rules. <laughs> That's how. So yeah. the motivation for creating Landshire, it's a, it's a kind of like a strategy game based on the hood and like you're like taking over territories and stuff. It's super fun. Um, I'm actually gonna re-release it one day as a as like a mobile game someday. That'd be dope. Um, really dope. Like you could play on the iOS store. Uh, that's like a big plan, but. Um, that was my senior project. I, you know, the, all the pieces, all the cards, I framed those up, put them in the gallery. They're all in my house now. That's the art that I keep in my house. All That's those fire. Um, I, yeah, my, my family loves them, which is funny because I'm like, I was worried about my mama seeing them because they're like, you know, it's not shit that mamas would typically Right, work. exactly. Well, I love the artwork on your wall. I'm like, mom, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Damn, I, I've been suppressing all this. I, I like it. Mama like it. They, I don't care who likes it now, but um. <laughs> Uh, so I did that. It did really well. People loved it. Um, and that was the second, that was the one after Condor. That was the kind of the second try at just making art that I want to make. Yeah. Um, Oracle of the Hood. So that was my best project up until that point. Before you move on so to Oracle, Oracle of the Hood, right? With 
with your game. It's like, I definitely want to say more Black people need to be creating games. Shout outs to Derek Grace. Um, shout outs to you as well. But I do feel yeah, like not- there's an element to that. And just like we were saying, the space is kind of scarce oh, yeah. and things. We need to Absolutely. definitely get into the Absolutely. game creation space. I'm a big proponent of stuff like San Andreas. Yes. Uh, of like Saints Row, another black game. Like, yes. <laughs> and, and and I don't give a damn how violent they are. I don't give, I don't care what negative thing they promote because I would rather you make a game or a card game or a show or a cartoon or a series about the good, the bad, and the ugly, then go out and do the good, the bad, and the ugly. I mean, do Facts. the good, but don't do the bad and the ugly. Facts. So it's like, I'll give you a perfect example of this, right? Um, um, I was really worried when I made Oracle of the Hood because I knew that there was going to be a lot of prov- like provocative stuff in there, like mm-hmm. drug use mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. Because Oracle of the Hood, not Oracle of the Suburbs. So um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was like worried at what people were going to think about it when I posted it. Because the very first card, number one, is the Fiend. And it's a dude smoking out of a crack pipe. That's the first one. Yeah. So I hit, I start off with a damn Oh, it's our realities. Like. Went over great. People were like, yes. And I was like, okay, I, I can be real. And, and, it, and, and I went through with it, but. Um, yeah, Oracle of the Hood was just like, uh, you know, I collect some cards. I have some tarot decks and stuff. Um, I'm not really into it that much. I'm really more into the, the, the art of it, the collectible side of it, and just like the tangibility of cards. I do a little bit of reading. I, I do some readings here and there for fun, but I really just love the idea of creating a deck of cards that people use. Because a lot of people use Oracle of the Hood regularly now mm. um, with their own practices and stuff, which is, and that's dope. Um, but um, I just really wanted to make like a car, like an Oracle deck that just like, it was almost like just venting. Cause that was the biggest, that was the first big project on my Instagram. And it was just me unleashing all the stuff like that I just want to express. I got yes. pimps, I got hoes, I got guns, I got drugs, I got, yeah. I got gangster shit. I got, I have wholesome shit. I have like wholesome stuff in it. Like little black kids playing in the neighborhood. Like that's the um, hood. And it's just like, that's what it is. Yeah. And, you know, it, I'm actually going to re-release Oracle, Oracle of the Hood one day. I, I keep saying I'm going to do it. It's like, a, I'm going to do it again. Um, yeah. But I am going to release it. I'm going to do it differently. It's going it's to be a second version of it that's like even better. No, but, you definitely yeah. have such a light on you, Bryson. And I'm excited just for everything that's in store for you. Um, for, you know, nerd, your hood nerd. I'm just a nerd in general. <laughs> but you know that came from the hood nerd thing? No. I didn't make that up. That came from my brother. I um, can see that. Funny enough, I got the hood nerd title literally a year ago from around this time because my brother was picking uh, uh, me and my girlfriend up from her place because we were stuck. We were stuck like in the ice storm. We couldn't get anywhere. Cheers. Cheers. And he picked us up in his SUV and we were, you know, going, he was taking us to my place because I had electricity because Texas had a big blackout. It was horrible, mm-hmm. horrible. Um, and um, he was just, he was just like talking. He was like talking shit about me and stuff. He was like, yeah, Bryson, you know, you're like, you're like a weird dichotomy. You're like, you're like a nerd, but you're hood too. You're like a hood nerd. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, I'm putting that on my Instagram. That's, that's perfect that's to describe. A hood nerd. That's exactly what I am. 
I love the hood and I love Lord of the Rings. What are you going to say? Hey, there what are you, is. I get called an <laughs> Oreo cookie. So I like hood nerd way better. Oh, yeah. The whole Oreo thing. Like, that's, you know, like, that's not, hate oh, and ass cousins. You like to <laughs> you're automatically a white person now. right i just like different <laughs> shit <laughs> so what i do want to ask you bryson is you know you've had the experience doing twitter you have the experience doing instagram i myself because of i'm in the media space i do have to kind of be tip for tat everywhere snapchat tiktok all these places um just yeah. in your space and your experience where would you say you have gotten like the most business or most engagement that is like the most valuable for what you are doing? Instagram, <laughs> definitely by far, not even close. Funny enough, the um, yeah, Instagram. I was going to say funny enough, I've, the most of money I've gotten was from people outside of Instagram, but I don't know if that's exactly true. Because um, okay. even a lot of the big clients that I found, found my Instagram page. Yeah, uh, it's like the new resume. Here's the thing, it doesn't really matter. Like yeah. the platform there, I was just talking, I was just talking about this today. Every app looks the same anyway. It's like, they all look the same. They're all dark mode. Like they're all the same. Like just pick one or two and focus on it. Like yeah. don't, do not give, cause like I said earlier, I was the person like, I don't get Instagram. I can't figure it out. I don't know what the post is. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. Twitter, yeah. Instagram, TikTok, whatever, work, whatever, work, again, whatever works best for you and what you, you do. Cause yeah. I it makes no sense for me to be on TikTok. Like, I'm an artist. I, I'm a vid- I could make animation loops and post yeah. videos of that. Like, how many of them shits would I have to post to get real traction on there? So, Facts. Instagram is the perfect medium for me. I'm an I'm a visual artist. It's a visual medium. Um, you know, maybe Pinterest. Maybe I have a Pinterest, but I haven't really utilized it much. Mm-hmm. Twitter, mm-hmm. Works too. Twitter works too. Twitter's more kind of fast paced kind yeah. of thing. Um, but I think like Gary V. Tell it. <laughs> Yeah, I think Instagram yeah. is more like, it's more evergreen. Like, yeah. it, it stays there and it doesn't, because tweets, they go, they come and they go. Like, you have to dig for somebody's tweets. Instagram is always there. It's, it's front-facing. You see it right when you land on the page. And you can just kind of go through the history. It's like yeah. your rap sheet. Oh, this is what they've been doing. Oh, they do giveaways. Oh, they did this series. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. Oh, they do this? Hey, I happen to be looking for someone who can do that. Here's a DM. Like, that's- so um, it just, it just, it just depends on what you do and the platform that you, you lean towards most. Um, I would say generally you kind of want to focus on one though, because if you're a, you know, if you're if you're on everything and you have to focus on everything, you're going to be a master of nothing. Yeah. So and you're going to feel stretched thin. There's ways of doing that where, like, um, say for you, example, right? Like you do a podcast. Like, oh, I definitely have to repurpose my content all over. Right. Yeah. Repurpose content. So it's like, okay, you got the podcast, but boom, you can chop it up into one minute, 30 second clips. Now you got Instagram and Twitter stuff. Exactly. You can post it on um, TikTok, chop it up. Um, you can take the excerpt, post it as a blog. If you if you have scripts or something like that, or if you Straight. if you transcribe interviews, there's all kinds of ways you can chop it up. But um, I would recommend chopping up rather than spreading thin. Like mm-hmm. I got to create content for all these different platforms. Mm-hmm. Like, figure out a way to create one piece of content that you can split between everything else. Agreed. Agreed. So uh, Bryson, I'd love to know what is one of like the most misconceived things about you that you'd want the world to know that isn't true? Misconceived? What does the world think about me? I think you're great. I think you're awesome. (laughs) I think I'm awesome sometimes. Sometimes. We're all human. We're all human, you know. I am human. 
Like, I, I mean, shit, they probably don't know I'm human. Most of my fans don't even know what I look like. I'm gonna, I'm gonna post my face. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Cause I was like, I don't know if he's gonna say yes. No, I, I will. I will. I already have plans to post my face. And, and it's not even like a weird thing. It's not even like I'm being weird. You're just focused just on your art. It's not like, yeah. This is not a personal page. So, exactly. um, but I will show my face. My fans will see my face. Um, I do want to put my face more on my stuff because I do want people to know the guy behind the art. Because I think that there is, even if it's just for a little, like, even if it's just one face pick a month, at least they know that there's a guy behind it who's a person. Yeah. Um, and, they, you know, the new followers get to see like, oh, that is this is a guy and he does like, exist and he's not just like somebody he's not he's not just one of these like white people who just made yep. yep. black there's a lot of that that's something we don't talk about there's a lot of white people posing as black people on the internet yep creating bipoc content and mm-hmm. profiting the kind of you know the the, the trend of it as i all i know is all i'm saying is some some blonde white women in, in the uk pretending to be black guys straight I, up I, I, I I but um yeah, uh, yeah, you'll see my face eventually. It's just like I, I wanted to be big. I don't want to just be like, oh, here's a selfie. Like, yeah. I wanted to be like, I already got a plan for how I'm gonna reveal. Myself. You want people to know that you're real. Yeah, yeah, I want people to know that I'm real. But as far as like misconceptions, I think that I don't know if there's any misconceptions about me personally, like just in my personal life, because I. And I'm like I'm the kind of person I'm the, I'm me to everybody. I'm I don't put on masks. I don't mm. pretend to be different to my mom and then be different around my friends. I act the same way around yeah. my mom's other friends. One thousand me too. And that makes my life so easy. I ain't so gotta, easy. I ain't gotta, I ain't gotta keep up with no kind of persona. First That's time I got I, suspended for swearing, grade three. Wow, really? <laughs> That's funny. Um, that's why my friends <laughs> yeah. can meet my friends exactly. Because they like the same person. See, when you got two different faces, a lot of you know, I'm not a lot of people deal with this. You got two different faces, so when you combine them friends group, they don't see eye to eye because they got two different versions of you. Exactly. And I guarantee, you, depending on which friend group is the more dominant one, the other friend group is gonna be like, "You acting different." Exactly. Like, oh, you acting different when you're around them. It's like, oh, they're you know we no, you're being fake. That's what you're being. You're not being who you Straight. are. Yep. Um. So. I don't know. I don't know what people don't don't know. I think people think that I'm in like I'm like this. People, when you get successful, when you start to have a little success, people think that you just like woke up with it. Yeah. Like they, <laughs> they don't see like the grind and all the years that went into it or yep. the time it put in. So they just think it just came out of you just pulled out of your ass like oh yep. here come here's fifteen thousand followers just pulled it out like get that a lot yep like look I know people I've seen people go from four thousand to 25,000 in a month. And I had to scratch tooth and nail just to get a thousand followers. Like it's just different for everybody. Yeah, I had to really grind for every follower I got. Um, it's different for everybody. I would just, yeah, I would just say like, it, it took work for me too. It takes work for everybody. And even those yeah. people who up, they probably were posting a lot and then something yeah. hit. And, they and just, then they stop. yeah. <laughs> what happens is, you kept posting and then you stopped and you're like, why didn't I hit? And you were mm-hmm. probably doing the traction, but then you stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, so just know that I'm human. I get tired. I get insecure about my page. I get insecure about my following. I'm not the biggest. I'm not the smartest. I don't make the most money. I'm not the most creative. I'm not the most talented. I'm normal as hell. I'm regular as fuck. Like I'm, I'm, I'm so normal 
I mean, I'm passionate, but everybody's passionate about something. Like, even if it's nothing, like, yeah. even, if, even if you're indifferent, it's like, I don't, I don't have any passions. Like, that's a passion. Because yeah. a lot of people fall, we have, a, we're human. We have addictive personalities. We all fall into things. A so if your personality is, and I, I met people like this, where you're straight edge, you don't fall into anything. You don't take drugs. You don't drink. You don't do that. That's a personality. Like, that's a viewpoint. That's a way of living. You're passionate about that. Because, you know, you, you, there's certain people you meet. It's like, oh, do you smoke or drink? It's like, no, I don't do that kind of stuff. And it's like, damn, bro, I just ask. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're, you're passionate about this, but you act like you acting different. Yeah. They ask people acting different about things, but everybody has a talent, everybody has a passion, everybody has something that they everybody has something that they love to do when nobody's looking and when no one asks them to do. Mm. That's usually the thing that's true. If you talk all day, like I can talk, I love to talk. I know I could have been in the podcast space, but and you probably should should do that still, Bryson. I create that space for other black artists and just talk with them. I may or may not have thought about creating a black page where I talk about misconceptions about art and black space. It might happen. Look, look, everything ain't happen all at once. Time, only time will tell. Only time have, will tell. Okay. I have thought about it. I, yeah. I know you're gonna you definitely do it, and I'm gonna tell you I definitely probably will. Probably will. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, like just know that this goes for anybody listening to any future interviews, anybody who ever gets interviewed, anybody who talks to anybody or has someone that they idolize or someone that they are like, oh, I just wish I could be like that. Everyone is flawed. Everyone is human. Everyone thinks they're a fuck up. No one thinks they're up there. Like if you ask anybody whether they have 10,000, 100,000 or 1,000 followers, they're like, I don't have enough. I'm not doing good enough. I'm not, I don't, I'm lost. I don't know what I'm doing. Nobody knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Just be yourself. The, yeah. Be yourself, enjoy the process. Don't force anything. If it don't fit, don't force it. Like, you'll, you'll, you'll make it. And here's another thing to the, you know, person who has 100 followers and they, they're grinding, for whatever reason, they're grinding it out. And they, they've, they've got 100 followers and they're, they're trying their best. And they just can't get anything going for themselves. More often than not, it's usually because you're not doing something right. But there are cases, I can't sit here and deny the elephant in the room of some people just don't make it. Some people fail. Some people fall flat on their face and they don't get back up. Yeah. It, it's, it's life. Like it is. there's nothing you can do about it. If, if I had failed horribly and went back to working, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah. So know that anybody who, anybody who's in the space that they're at, whether they're top of their class in their work industry or top in freelancing or being a self-made person or an entrepreneur or an investor, whatever it is. Yeah. Don't ever forget that it took time for them to get there. And they had to fuck up a lot, a lot, a lot. A lot, a lot. My fans do not know how how many times I've sat down stressed like, damn, how am I going to pay this rent? Like, I'm telling you. They think I'm doing, I'm trying to get like you. I'm trying to get, Get I'm trying to get a job. I am telling you, Bryson. Yeah. I might need to go back to work. Like, I've had a lot of moments like that. Yeah. Like this Instagram, I'm about to delete everything. Oh, I'm about to just go back to work. We all have those moments and people think that we're invincible. We don't have emotions and we don't fail. And we just like, we're always up. 
No, sometimes I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to draw. I don't want to do something. Oh, they're always coming for me. But aren't you, don't waste no time with negativity. Yes, bitch. But I also experience negative shit and it's hard. <laughs> it's not like we don't experience it. It's like, yeah. So just know that it's not a straight line process. It's, it's two steps forward, 10 steps back, three steps yeah. left. A climb up, a jump down, a roll, it's a somersault, step on your right foot, don't forget it. Like it's, you're all, you're going to be all over the place. But you, basically how it works is if you're going to pursue, pursue something that you're really passionate about and you don't really know how to go about it, you're like, oh, no one's really done it before. I don't know if it's possible. You basically have to jump into the suit. And when you jump into mm. the suit, it's primordial, just like, and you're confused and you're flailing around. One or two things are going to happen. And you be, gotta be prepared for both. Either A, you're gonna sink and drown, and you're gonna be like, never mind, I'm made for this. <laughs> or you're, you're going to flail like your life depends on it until you hit the surface and you can, and you're afloating, you're swimming now. Yeah. So what started off as chaos, you don't know where up, if up is down, you're just yeah. thrown into it. Now you have your bearings, you caught your breath, you're above the water, you can see things. And now you can, you realize, oh, it wasn't as hard as I thought, or yeah. it was difficult, but it wasn't impossible. And now you're, now I'm at the point where I'm above the water. I can see I'm in the water. Sometimes <laughs> arms get tired. I'm like, ah, oh, and I get, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, 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 yeah. You fight back. Like you, you have, but you have to, to be on your own in general, whether it's freelance, being an investor, a business starter, a business owner, whatever, you have to have fight in you. Like you we have do, to do because it's lonely. Yeah, it's lonely as hell. No yeah. one's gonna. I don't care if you're your fan. You live with fan. You can live with people. It's still lonely. Like still lonely. Yeah. You have to be like I'm going to fight tooth and nail to not drown. It's, it's kind of like that Eric Thomas thing. Like you gotta want it as bad as you want to breathe. Now I know what he means by that. Like I, I get what he means by you have to want it as bad as you want to breathe. Like those months when I was like I don't know how much the rent's gonna get paid or how the rent's gonna get paid. I'd be like. It's gonna get paid because it has Facts. to get paid. Facts. So I'm just gonna sit back and not even stress about it. And people will think I'm crazy as hell for that. But it's like, but you know, um, and and obviously, obviously, I'm not. You know, it, 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 it I've got my bearings now. But it's like that can. It happen still happens. Me. It can even happen I, after you get your first seven finger absolutely. commission. You know what I mean? It still happens. Right? Like, you damn right it can. Um, so. That's another thing. Learn money. Learn how to not just how Be to in make the flow money. of it. Mm-hmm. Learn how to learn how to make your work work for you. Learn how to make your money work for you. Like again, it's this isn't hard stuff. Like it's all it, you can get difficult with it if you want to go in depth on how to start a business or how to invest or how to do. You know, you can get in depth on crypto or you can be like me. Look, I'm an artist. I don't know nothing about tech. I know a little bit about tech, but oh, I, I know I know about tech. But I don't know about coding. So. I'm going to go into it from the angle of an artist. And yeah. I understand it to the extent that I need to understand it and it serves me. Um, that's another thing. You don't got to be a master at everything. You don't have to be uh, uh, proficient. You know, <laughs> yeah. you don't have to have certifications. And yeah. you don't need to go to a $10,000 two-week boot camp who promises to get you a $70,000 job or your money back. Like, Tell don't don't Tell fall garbage. Like, yeah. look, okay. Anybody who's probably, let me tell you, let me tell people this, because I, I fell into this. Anybody who is selling you any kind of result, any kind of get rich quick or get this result guaranteed, you are the get rich quick scheme. 
You, Thanks. the person, you, the person buying that course are their get rich quick scheme. Yep. You're how they got rich. You I see it all the time on social media and they'd be like, rampant. It's rampant. <laughs> like a, it Ray, be, I'm gonna let y'all live, but I, I see it. I see it. It used to be big, big, like in certain spaces, like you would see it here and there, mostly like around the business and, and everywhere. Space. Everybody's selling a course. Everybody's got a class to buy. Like it's, yeah. and I know everybody ain't got something to teach. So that part. somebody wrong, like, and, and if that's, the is anywhere, anything like the advice that I've personally looked up and tried to find and cause you know, in the art world, it ain't much advice for anything. Yeah. So you don't run into pretty much everything you can. You don't start hearing stuff twice. Yeah. It just hits a point where you're like, I just got to figure it out for myself. Cause all of this has proven to be wrong. It hasn't worked out for me. I got to figure out my own way. And then you just realize all the advice was bullshit anyway. So it was no, really that part for real. That's some heavy fruit right there. Don't waste uh, your money on stuff. Please spend, you're better off spending your money on supplies that you can use that'll make you money. Like mm. things like, uh, and I, I told a guy recently, dude, get you an iPad, get you an Apple Pencil, $10 by Procreate. You have everything you need to do digital art. You do yeah. not need to spend $2,000, $1,500 on a Wacom tablet, $500 on a computer monitor. Just with the a hype. Yeah. Just get an iPad with a pencil and a $10 program called Procreate. He hit me up just recently, a couple of days ago. Bro, I bought that iPad. I'm about to get Procreate. I'm taking the steps. Beautiful. He's on the path and he can draw too. He's actually a good artist. Beautiful. He just wants to draw more digitally. And he, he, he draws on a tablet, but it takes too long. And I'm like, get an iPad, it's faster. Yeah. He's gonna make it. He's gonna make it. I can already tell. He's no, I really love this whole conversation because I have a 10 year old niece and she has a lazy eye and she's heavily into art. Like, and I was so happy when, you know, my brother bought her, her easel, her canvas and everything and in, like invested and brought her to art classes and just seeing some of the work she brings home. And like, I keep all their art. I didn't care. I was that auntie. I'm like, I don't yeah. care because I'm already like, I know she's not at that space yet to realize like, girl, you have, a lazy eye and you're able to draw this to this skill level like to me that's amazing to me that those are the things that help me to invest in art or dive more into someone's story and be like wow this is the way you see the world similar to even like how I look at your work and I'm like this is how you see your world you know or a part of it and be able to, to connect with that experience in our own ind individual ways uh this has been such an amazing conversation, Bryson. I do want to ask you, let everyone know where they can find you, support you, get in contact with you. You're such a dope, amazing person. Also, we are normalizing here before you get into that, how you prefer to be approached. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Instagram, Art of Bryson. Um, you can find everything there. You, there's a link tree in there that has a link to everything you'll need. Oracle of the Hood. You want what you want? NFTs, what you want to buy? You want to buy some merch? I got that. You can. There's my contact form there. So yeah. you just go to my just go to my Instagram, Art of Bryson, um, B R Y S O N, and you know that link tree has everything. It has my contact form, my website link, my NFTs, my shop, my Oracle of the Hood deck that you can buy everything, and you can see my art. Yes. Yes, you do. I want to say thank you so much 
Bryson for joining us today and wasting no time with negativity. I am beyond grateful to have had this conversation because as I said, I've been talking about NFTs and things like that, but being able to find reputable people in the space to be like, okay, this is somebody you could really like listen to what they have to say and they know what they're talking about is awesome. I'll tell you, I'll be the first to tell you, I did not know how it would go for me with the NFT thing. I didn't know if it would work. I thought it would be a bust. Yeah. Out like it, it's it has proof of concept now for me, and now I'm a believer of NFTs. I've been made a believer. Get into it if you're a digital artist, if you're a traditional artist, and you make prints and you have digital versions of your work. Think about just at least strongly consider it. Don't do not be one of the okay. My last word of advice don't be one of these people out here talking about oh, NFTs. I don't know that. Dumb. I'm okay. so aggravated when I hear that. 12-year-olds out here making more money than you'll make in a lifetime talking about some, oh, right. that's dumb. Oh, sir. Oh, it's money laundering. No, it's not. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. Please just do some research. And you know what? Try it. Sell one. Sell one NFT. And, and you know what? Sell it for more than you think it'll sell for and watch it sell and you'll be made a believer. Exactly. You're like, this ain't no way in hell someone's going to buy this. Oh, my God. Someone bought it. I love that. No, like even going through yours and just seeing like everything sold. I'm like, yes, king. Come on, come on. Now. Thank you, sis. I appreciate that. And I really appreciate you. This was a dope interview. You're super dope. I will say that this is my first official interview, like where it's like a thorough, long form interview. Um, that's not for like a job or something. So I do not I take up, that for granted. Thank you. Up, this will be the first interview people will see from me when I, before I had blown up as, a, as an artist and became a multi-million dollar household name, you know, as, I, as I'm working towards. Maybe we'll interview again. Oh no, this will not be the last time I'll you be, speak as I'll long be, as you prohibit. We should interview again. I, you know, I, I don't know when, but like, I want to, the next time we interview, I can guarantee you I'm going to be in a different place. I'm going to be in a different place for sure. And that's guaranteed. You're going to be in a different place too. Wow. Thank you. I like, whoo, I'm speechless. Why blow up and you got like, you know, you got your whole little podcast studio with the nice lighting and, you know, you got all this stuff going on and, you know, I'm just like, oh, you, you can start to bring guests in and stuff like that. It's, it's going to go big. No, I truly, uh, thank you. Thank you. I guys, you have to like, let us know how you feel in the comment section. I, my hands are, my palms are sweaty. I get excited when I have great conversations. I'm not gonna fret for nobody, you know, this is the real. So when I'm excited, when, it, when it's good, my palms get all sweaty. So I really wanna say thank you so much again, Bryson Williams. You guys can follow him, Art of Bryson, Instagram and everything literally is laid out. He's laid it out so smooth, clean, easy for you. Like you have no excuse as to why you can't connect with Bryson. Um, I I, DMs too. You can DM a brother. I answer all my DMs. And I love that. Like, I feel like nobody should be above those things if you're really, oh, you know? Wow. I reply to all comments. I answer all DMs. I'm not unapproachable. I'm not one of these. Uh, I'm too good for you. I don't know. <laughs> Talk to everybody, man. You never know who you're right? talking to. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um, I want to thank you once again for waste, not wasting any time with negativity, eating fruit, minding your business and sharing just, you know, <laughs> thank you. And sharing just more of yourself with us, because like you said, it's not like you really put yourself out there. So I was really excited to get to know you more and the person behind all this beautiful art that you're creating and putting out there. Um, 
you guys make sure to like share subscribe tap in with Bryson you will not be disappointed and I'm gonna get my bag up so I can get all the things <laughs> all the things everybody come all the things you know <laughs> downtown hey